0: What's happening? This is the Tap-In Podcast. We are live inside the Tap-In studio, man. I got a special guest that's in the building with me, man. All the way from Watts, California. Big Nino Cappuccino, man. How you feeling, man?
1: Oh, shit, man. First of all, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you for the applause, (laughs) y'all. Thank you for the applause. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. (laughs) No, man, it's an honor, man, to be here, man, with my brother, my king. My brother, my king, man, tap in, man. You know, A.K. Dante, man, the CEO himself, man. It's a pleasure, bro. The uh, you know, collaborate by coastal, bridging them gaps, ensuring cash, man. There's you know, this is what we supposed to be doing, man. Being able to sit down by coastal and be able to stipulate this dialogue grown up for grown folk style, that is, you know what I mean? And really deliver the messages that need to be delivered out there to the youngins, the old, the senior citizens, just those who's willing to evaporate that educational message. You know what I mean? I think mean, something that's inspiring and inspirational. So Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm here, man, proudly to say, man, it's a pleasure, bro, you know. Uh, thanks for flying me down here, man. Sure, you know, man. putting me in situation, man, so that we can be able to do this and sit down live because it was easier for us to just do it from a Zoom perspective, but it wouldn't have had that impact, you know. Yeah. That impact is better to bump shoulders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two individuals from different walks of life bump shoulders, man. So it's a pleasure, man. Watch is in the building, man. That's right. right here, man. That's
0: right. Team Cappuccino. Yeah. See, so yeah, the Zoom shit be um, it, I ain't like you said, it ain't the same energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I like to tap in with my folks. That's, you know that's what I'm saying? What it is,
1: tap in. That's right.
0: I like to tap in with my folks. Man, and so I actually got um got wind of you um doing interviews on Spliff TV on YouTube. And so I was like, yo, the dude is y- you charismatic as fuck, you know what I'm saying? Real as hell. I was like, yo, I gotta tap in with him, man. Um I want to I want to I just want to I just want you to kind of give the people kind of like the, uh, the context your background cuz I want to touch on a little bit of everything cuz it seemed like you didn't dabbled and dabbled in a little bit of everything. Oh yeah,
1: I've been around,
0: man. Yeah, so I want I want to kind of tap in or, or I want you to be able to tell your story. Um let's go. I want to start from the beginning, man. When did you uh when did your folks move to LA? When did when did they touch down in LA? Um uh,
1: well, just Put it. Put, my, it, put give, it, give it. You give can put a mic to you. Yeah, giving my roots. Giving my roots. Giving my roots. Give it my roots um, background from Kansas City to Texas. So I'm I'm rooted from KC to Texas. That's why I'm deep in Texas already because I'm rooted to Texas. Okay. And so giving my background history of that my uh we were descended from Texas in Kansas City, which is my mother and father. Uh my my daddy was a, a war veteran. You know what I mean, the army. So he fought in Vietnam, and um. He, he, he. this is where I get a lot of my, my lessons from, from home first. So by the time I hit the streets, I was already prepared, so to say. I was advanced over a lot of my peers during them days, which I'll take us to some of those things. But um, just being rooted in it, um, yeah, from Kansas City, Missouri, born in Jackson Kansas City, you know what I mean? Shout out to KC, home foot, hometown. Uh, born in Missouri, and then from Missouri, my daddy decided, you know, um, his first journey— True story, <laughs> I and mean, My uncle told me this story because I was a kid, I was a baby. But my pops, he was real, real. And I guess this is why I get a lot of this shit from. So my daddy was real, real adventurous, and he'd just do some shit to spare the moment. So this ninja, he didn't jumped on his motorcycle with his guitar and drove from Kansas City all the way to Little Rock, Arkansas. And so he down here and he play, And this this times the Indians, it was some Indians involved. So he playing his guitar in front of this store, this liquor store, and whatnot. And and just um just just that 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 tide of knowing that experience of how my pops used to do this stuff on it, you know, just on his own at the spread of the moment as a young kid, and just hearing that story coming from my uncle and not really going into the depths of it, but anyway, just the more of the story was he did things on his own and how he wanted to do it. So he instilled that into his kids. Mm. So me learning those things, it, it rubbed off on me, of course. So I instilled it in my sons. But um yeah, I, I coming from Missouri, born and raised in Missouri, uh the first part of my life as a kid, and then from there my daddy decided, like I say, all right, my next venture is uh I'm going to California. But I'm going to California to plant seeds and build and build my homes and my life and raise my family. So that's where we end up in Cali. Uh we went through an, an an unfortunate situation where we started out. We started out for us coming out of Missouri and, and, and coming out of poverty in Kansas City, you know what I mean, and moving to California, which we feel at, as young kids at that age, ten and nine, me and my siblings, thinking that um, oh shit, we you know we we moving it on up like the Jeffersons, sort of uh-huh. say. So when we get to Cali. My father, um, he end up, he came first, and my daddy, he bought this section off of 103rd and Broadway, so between 103rd and 104th and Broadway. It was a lot of available property back then. This was a lot of people's descending to Cali in 69, 70, early 70s. This is way before the gang structure even came about. This is during during our Black Panther days. Our Black Panther mm. years, you know, our parents being raised coming out of high schools and colleges and during the Black Panther and then the progression days as far as uh, this just poverty all over the world. And this is what was pushing during that time, the Black Panthers. You know, so um we took that move, we took that leap in 1969 to 70 the early 70s so when so we got here in 70 my daddy we he, oh, he and you was 10 you was 10 at that time no 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 i wasn't i wasn't 10 like i was um uh, you 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 you're trying to you trying to you try no 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 you, i, you, I you're trying to dibble for me to get my my exact number no no no
0: no, no. i just want to i just want to paint the picture that you from Kansas City to L.A. at 8 years old, whatever, 8, 9, 10. Right, right. But so, yeah, I was in that age, right? Okay. 11,
1: 10, 11, right? And okay. so uh, we get here, and my dad had bought this, like I said, this corner, and this corner had a duplex on it. So we owned all that, that whole corner in the duplex. Just so happened it was a lot across the street with a vacant lot. He snatched that and grabbed that, too. Later on, to build that into a diesel, like a diesel lot for diesels, to be able to come uh, uh, to to do mechanical and fix tires and things like that. So my father had a fucking vision. Mm. One year that, somehow, we ended up bellying up, and my daddy ended up going bankrupt. Mm. So we had already had relatives. My, my relative, Cecil, had already moved out here in 68, 69, one of my daddy's cousins. And so they were already in the Nixon. Then I had some cousins in the jungles. Already, mm-hmm. at least the late 60s and 70s. So I was already rooted to the jungles and the Nixon, so I used to go over there and spend nights and play with the kids in the jungles and Nixon back in those days. So not knowing that my lifestyle, I would end up in either one of these situations, either the jungles or the Nixon. We ended up in the Nixon, which I had other relatives was in the jungles. So I ended up moving into Nixon and at the end of the seventy, you know what I mean, the early 70s. So we ended up in the Nixon, the Lions Den, and um, it was a transformation and a transition in my whole entire life, man, from that point on. Yeah. So taking us from that 1970 era and moving into the Nixon Garden, it took my life to a whole different formation because that wasn't the plan. The plan wasn't to become O.G. Bonnie Hunter B.J., you know what I mean? Yeah. The plan was I was supposed to be in this— famous sports fanatic man you know football and baseball that was my plan cuz that's what i did
0: and you was good you was good at it back I was then was super
1: at it I was great at it man you know what i mean yeah so that was the plan you know but unfortunately the streets called me for a whole different ball game man you know yeah. and, and and the devil was involved too of course you know but that's that's where i ended up so just just taking us on down memory lane of that you know like i say transitioning from Kansas City at that time Um, then my father go uh, bankrupt and we end up moving. So his, 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 his story his not his story, but his, his, um, Playback to us as a family was, because we used to have family meetings. My daddy would call us all in, sit us down, and we young. We sitting there looking at this nigga. He might have a <laughs> daishiki on, salt and pepper afro. Nigga might have a machete on his side, fo-fo right here something. This nigga, he talking to us. And me, I'm mesmerized with this shit because I love my father, man, to a fullest. And Dr. Mitchell speaks six different languages, fluently. You don't know what it feel like, dude, to go in a restaurant in 1968. 69, 70, 67, and yo daddy, how y'all down, to some shit, and you be like, what? And, but it's fluent, yeah. but dude, you, you know, you just like, damn, this, but this is my daddy, nigga, this is my father, yeah. Yeah, beat your daddy ass, yeah, whoop your daddy ass, It's my daddy, Yeah, that's how I grew up, bro, you feel yeah, me yeah. so, and, uh, just seeing that, man, it was just influence to us as siblings. So, like I said, we sit down and have our family meetings, and we sitting there looking at Dad, and he talking, and then here come my mama with her beautiful self, a queen, Afrocentric, thick, big old hips, beautiful dimples, is where I get the dimples from. It's a trademark in our family, you know what I mean, all our siblings. So... We had a combination of love, bro. So I grew up really with two biological parents that was mine. I know step-mama, stepdaddy, dope-fiend, daddy, dope-fiend parents. So I'm not no crazy nigga on the internet that got a story to say, oh, well, I'm crazy because my, my parents did it to me because they was dope-fiend. No, if my parents was alive and I took, which I had already did before their, past, their passing, bless their souls, rest in peace, I love them. But if my parents were still here today, I don't even think, I can say that I probably would've experienced majority vest of the stuff that I end up experiencing becoming a known Bonnie Hunter. Mm. I think my daddy would've evaporated a lot of that shit. Because mm-hmm. he, he was already fighting against it once he found out, because they didn't know. I'll tell you a story about how they found out, but they didn't even know I became a gang member. They didn't know I was involved and then I graduated from that gang member to becoming a gang banger representing Nixon Guard. See, it's a difference. Yeah, explain that difference. Okay, you got, I'm from the set. Watts, Nixon Guard, Bounty Hunters. This is what we do. I mean, I'm from the set. Then you got homies just members. Oh, what's up, yeah, Bounty hunter. but they don't really represent They don't get into the action of, okay. So when you from the set, you banging, which Mm. means when shit go down in the hood, your name is caught up on along with other soldiers and warriors because they know you niggas is the torpedoes and y'all from the set. We just from the hood. We we, we from the gang. We just gang members. Mm. Which means the gang members are a part of this gang and this culture, this area, this community. But the gang bangers represent it all. The mm. gang members, the culture, the gang, the community. They represent it all because they are the protectors. They the founders, they the niggas who put it in. They doing this who Go put the work in. Like I say, it's your brother that got hit. But your scary ass ain't finna go do no putting no work in because you, you ain't cut like that. We can't be mad at you. This the homie. So you know what we do? We go do what you can do. We take your slack. You hear what I'm saying? And think how honorable that is when you're thinking about it. I'm not to go do some dirt for you, nigga, when you ain't got the heart to do it. I got this, though, because that was my homie, and I fuck with him. Me and the homie Big Ace, we was just talking about this this morning, you know what I mean? But that's how it used to be, bro. You feel me? Because it was that honorable. So just, just, just um, going, you know, like I say, going back into those things and just taking us back to, like I say, um, when I landed into my situation into the Nixon Gardens, it became just a growing life experience from that point on. So now Pop's bankrupt. We had his meeting. And uh, in the meeting he tells us that, you know, um, we're going to have to move. You know, um, I lost money and some things came up, and you know he just broke certain things down to us, you know. And we kids, and we, we wasn't crying and tripping because as long as we were you and mom, we don't give a shit. We should sleep in a truck, a car, because we didn't done, done that, so we did not give a shit. We end up in a Nixon, cool, but it's temporarily. We're only gonna live there for a year, two, two at the most. And I'm buying us another home, get us out of there. Da da. da. Okay, cool, daddy. We end up in a project. So now this, 70 from 70, 71, 72, 73 kicking in. So 70, 71, 72, I'm in there. I'm balling. I'm a kid. I'm in I'm in every program that's involved in the Nixon. I'm on the teams. I'm team captain. I'm running shit on the teams. I'm smacking for these projects. So I'm already building a name as a kid for my neighborhood, from the sports aspect. So that's how I come in. Mm-hmm. So everybody start knowing me from sports. And, um, and my first, my first best friend of it all, it was Hitman, A.K. Gregory Jones, cat by the name Gregory Jones, a.k.a. Big Hitman, which is my relative. I ended up naming him Big Hitman because he was a southpaw, straight knockout artist, squabbler. and so that's who kind of really introduced me to a lot as far as my neighborhood when it came down to the introduction of people and kids in my era, because he knew everybody because he was there before me first, mm, and yeah. so. uh and it is from there I just I built, you know, and, and of course my little brother, he sitting back in the cut watching me. All the time. He watching me like we watch my daddy, now he's watching my daddy and then watching me. Cause of course I'm still learning and grooming from my king. So I'm watching my king and then I'm watching the other big homies that cast us in the streets. You know what I mean? This older, this wiser and mild and I'm watching these dudes. So uh, <clears throat> I um just playing my playing sports. Playing my game, shut it down. What made
0: what made you um?
1: So I'm just uh I'm I'm just uh you know playing my doing my thing playing sports, and just staying focused on on sports primarily. But I'm seeing the elder big homies, 20, 18, 19, like the the big homies Ray Boys is rest in peace, the to- Terry Moses you know what I mean, the Tony Barkers, the Joe Barkers. Uh, uh, You know, the Gary Barker, uh, Gary Barner, you know, the Barner boys, you know. And the list goes on. Uh, Baby Head, Bonnie Hunter James, you know what I mean? Cats like this. These vicious niggas running around in my neighborhood at the time. And first generations, and and they was older than me. So I'm I'm seeing this as a kid, but fascinated from it. Mm Because, like, in one minute... I may see my homies, my big homies, come through. These niggas got on the AC Doucys, the Brims, you know what I mean, with the feathers pleated up. I'm talking about to a T. Look like they didn't went to somebody's shop. Yeah, that's how clean they dress, big yeah. gangsters, bangers, right? Yeah, yeah. And seeing this and seeing how the the homegirls was dressed, this as well, big old afros with they Dashikis and they they uh, uh uh pedal pushers. You feel me? Uh-huh. And so seeing this, it was like inspirational to me. Like, damn, man. Man, if I get involved, man, if I if I become a gangster, I'm, that's how I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be like the homies. You know what I mean? So these became my influential mentors. Cats like the homie Bonnie Hunter preach. Rest in peace. We just lost the homie Preach. You know what I mean? I, I, I decide, it's so many of my homeboys that I take bits and pieces from, mm-hmm. and and I and I injected it to my own self character and made BJ. That's why he became so explosive. And he was the way he was because I just dissected DNA segments out of certain individuals.
0: Mm, you know what yeah, I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. The attitudes the whole nine. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So did they ever, when you officially got put on the Bounty Hunters, right, did they approach you? Or did you approach them like, yeah, I, I want to be on?
1: A little bit of both. It was, it was, it was. The hoods approachment was already there based on my influence. I mean, my my affiliation with certain cats who Mm -hmm. were in the streets. But I had a connection with them because I lived two lives. So let me break that down. When I started out, like I say, because I was so into my parents, my family, my siblings, and being close to my family that I would do anything, the right things, to please them. So... Mm -hmm. All, everything I did right, I did it to please my family. It wasn't no fun. I just had I had to keep it like that because I don't want my mom and daddy to find out. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them to be disappointed on me. Because when I caught my first, I caught my first body, attempted body, and caught a body. They gave me a body. And I had attempted body. I had two attempts and then an ADW, and they gave me a body. This was 17 years old. My daddy spent money, bank, bank, man, to get me out of this situation because he didn't want me to go down that path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I end up, you know, beating the beating a couple of the cases, and then I uh, end up pleading out to a case on on one of the tempted bodies because I actually paralyzed the dude, put him in the wheelchair. You know, I chased the nigga down, a nigga uh, caught himself, they you know, caught himself jump on me, rat pack me, right? Three cats, and so. Uh, when we 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 in the mix of squab, I'm 16 years old. my am 16, finna turn 17 at the time. We in the mix of getting down. I think it's me and this nigga finna get out. I'm locking up the lock heads with him, so I jump on the stands to lock heads, nigga. I didn't see the other cat come out the blind. He come out the blind. He fire, but I, he skipped me, and I I kind of whoop out of him, and I catch him, and I go to do do this dude, and he catch me. So we blended for a minute with both of them. Boom, boom, boom. They take off on me. I said, Oh, okay. I break to the house, got a motherfucking deer spear knife, which is an eight-inch buck on it right here, and it's got the deer. it got a deer backing on it. It's all straight deer horn from a Uh. deer. Grab my knife, clustered him, go outside him. I'm looking around the perimeter. I'm watching, looking, and I spotted the nigga. I take all eyes on him. He took off. I saw him, nigga, you have to run for the rest of your life, because I'm not stopping running. I'm killing this nigga. And I chased him down, hit him on Compton New. Compton Avenue nigga and brought him right to me, him, hit him in the spine, came up on him, dropped the nigga, and then I kicked him and got on, you know what I mean? So they gave me that attempt on him, you know what I mean, because I paralyzed him and shit. Mm. And so that was my introduction into the system. That's how I got into the system, you know. So it, it was like it, it, it called me from both angles, from that aspect of it. And then when I lost my king and my queen and my little brother back to back, it's a wrap. I told the devil, give it here. Come on. I'm going to be your wa- most for- foremost devious warrior. Give me that motherfucker suit. I put the red suit on. I told God, rebellious against the father. I told Allah, I'm gone. Man. I don't believe in this God. Jesus stuff. Crap, meaning my mama didn't know Because if not, she wouldn't be dead. My daddy wouldn't be dead. My brother wouldn't be dead. Fuck all this shit. And I went in. And I became Bonnie Hunter motherfucking BJ. Man. At what, what age were you? 17, 16, going into 17, man. I was already groomed into the gang aspect from 14, 15. So from 14 to 15, my influence was starting. Remember I told you I was playing sports, but I was torn in between the decision of going in all the way. So a part of my body was in, so I was a gang member. Yeah, yeah. Because I was from the hood. I wasn't a gang banger yet, I was a gang member. Meaning I was a gang member, but I was playing sports. So the hood would root for me as being the, the, the guy, the go-to guy of sports, and then niggas start noticing me, oh he over here hanging out with such and such and them. Oh he had a fight with such and such and such and such I heard he whooped such and such ass, or, oh man, that nigga told the gun. They said that little nigga crazy. Da-da-da. So my name floating around. But I'm still not totally in yet where I didn't put some activity in. And that's when I caught the bodies, the temps mm-hmm. and the ADWs and the, 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 uh, the paralyzing I just said. And I was like, oh, hey, man, yeah, uh, such, such, oh, man, that nigga, woo, woo, woo. So now your name floating. Now, so cats in my area, my age is like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Hey, B, hey, You know, so they start giving me that props. And I'm noticing, okay, but I'm still not cocky about it and tripping on it because I'm still into my sports. But when I lost my father and my brother, not through no gang shit, heaven forbid, because I wouldn't be sitting here telling you this story. I'd be on Dev Rose somewhere for, where for multiple bodies. Mm. I know this for a fact. Ain't no bust ifs saying about it. If a nigga knocked down my little brother behind this gang shit, this street shit, man, the police would have killed me. Not no niggas. Feel me? The police would have killed me, because I know what I would have done. Yeah. It wouldn't have been no play play with me. Ain't, this ain't no laughter matter now, so. Thank God, I and you know I didn't have to go through that. But uh, he he had a busted blood vessel in his heart at seventeen mm. at basketball practice because mm. I was trying to get him out away from the gang shit. Because I'm on my way up now for the hawking shit. I'm gone. They you know I just depleted out. Me and my team we didn't plead it out on our case, so I'm gone for the hawking shit. And he's following my footsteps. So when I call home, hey man, Rico running around in the park. He got him assault off shotgun. Your brother doing this. Your brother doing so. Now he is mimicking everything I have done. He doing it. And at some points, he even kind of a little better. Mm. feel me? Yeah, yeah. And he had mass squabbles. He was 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two already is 15 years old. You know what I mean? And then once he hit 16, he was growing. So, And he was a squabbler. Straight squabbler. So Damn. it was like, that fucked me up because we didn't get that growth together. We didn't get a chance like other brothers did. We didn't get that chance like other siblings did that I was coming up with. It was this homies that had brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so when... That separation came in my life. It was the moment of my life, and that's when I had that alter ego talk with the devil, man. And just like Uncle Spliff, how he dressed right now, that's how I dressed every day. Flamed up, red. red, red, red flag, red everything. Red. If I caught you with a purple or anything in a Nixon, I don't care, male, female. Like I used to tell this, I was telling this story about see my homegirls with grape sodas in their hand. Stop the shit out that goddamn can. Give them some money. Here, go get you a Coca Cola, or Pepsi, or something. Y'all know we don't do that Murple shit around here. That's how bamboozing and brainwashed we was, though. But when I got in, I got in. So at this time, it's second generation. So me having influential, we taking our shit to a whole nother level than then my big homies did the first generation. They was laid back, players, gangsters, hustlers. For me, we became the hitters of yeah. the that era. That's why it became the bloody 80s.
0: So when you got in, when you was describing how – the other gangsters looked with the with the hats and the perms and they was dressed when you got in you didn't do that you didn't you didn't get a flyer you was hell, just you, you know. hell
1: yeah that, because we, <laughs> we 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 got that last of the 70s so uh, hey fuck yeah. okay, man, okay. Man, my shit was way out here to show the perms. I couldn't wait yeah, and, yeah. and it's funny you say that right cuz Kitty Kid hit us at that era, man. <laughs> Ain't you know what I'm talking about. I know a big up. No, Kitty Kid hit us at that era, man. The Kitty Kid, Kid, that's that's when Soul Glow first came out. Before that's what took us out. our pray, oh goddamn, Kitty Kid, you some bitches <laughs> took our hair all out, shit like that, man. That Kitty Kid was a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. sh- shit wet. <laughs> hey, everybody, walk around with a spray bottle. Real true shit, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so man, so at 17 you really jump in full fledged into bounty hunters At what age do you go to um what age do you go to jail so what what what, I, what I'm asking is what's your length of time like out on the streets and really
1: banging oh well for me again gracefully cuz God still had a plan for me and had wings on me because of my parents even though I was rebelling against him i didn't do my time like a lot of my homies because one I never did miscellaneous crimes. I didn't do bullshit crimes. I didn't fucking rob old people. I didn't go snatch uh, elders purses. I didn't do. If it wasn't no real money in it, I wasn't fucking with it. So, I used to fuck with West Side niggas. My West Side niggas was on a whole nother ball game. Niggas teal tap, teal tapping, is getting that jewelry, hitting jewelry stores. Mm. This is how I learned from the jungles. The jungles was some vicious motherfuckers, man. Them young, them West Side niggas got money, real money. So I learned a lot of shit from my relatives, Big Casper, OG Casper from the jungles, Ghost, Cas, rest in peace, you know what I mean? All these niggas was grinders out of my second generation, so we all ran together. So when I used to leave the Nixon go to the West Side, i have been in the jungles. The West Side niggas had the, you know, the, the T.I., the sweatsuits, you know, that that's who taught us, the East Side dudes, how to really dress as far as the matching everything from shoes, socks, uh, the pants, the shirt, to the hat. Mm-hmm. So I learned diverse from the east and the west so I had a combination of it so when when I like I say when I start dressing I was able to start dress will dress like my big homies be pleated up and then some days I'd be looking like my west side niggas I have my sweatsuit on my gear with a car you know what I mean cuz yeah, yeah. I learned that from there from the west side cast, so after 17 like I said 17 once I caught them, my first bodies and my first attempted bodies in my ADWs is what put me in the system now when I go in the system I do time broke breaking up I don't do it like 10 20 30 I never really got caught up like that thank God but I have I, two times I beat 40 years twice and gave it back to him I gave 40 back to Angolia because I got caught up in Kansas City was Kansas City Kansas for a kidnap ransom me and my little homie, little Donald, I got caught up for that. I ended up beating the case, getting quit off it, get them 40 back. I get caught up again for some old bodies. They put on me, ball back up, fouled on me, and then they filed some current new shit on me which end up with an ADW attempt again which stretched out to about nine counts in 1997. This is during my death row errors when I was fucking with the road for a minute and then I'm in the streets heavy and then I had just Became one of the founders of the 1992 Peace Treaty Movement. So this is how they took me out the out the way, because they took all three of us: me, Snipe, Dwayne Holmes, who's one of the founders from out of PJs, Da'Wu Sharrells, A.K. Dada, from out of Jordan Downs. He ended up in the Fed. Snipe ended up in the Fed in the state, and I ended up in the state. So they took all the founders out of the movement, put us in prison. Mm-hmm. So in '97, they hit me. Uh, they came and raided the same police to hit OJ. Picked him up. They picked me up. The same Los Angeles Hollywood sheriffs. They picked me up. You know what I mean? And I can go into direct naming of the aspect of the po- arresting officers, but they they raided and picked me up, and I was set up by this Puerto Rican chick I used to fuck with. You, feel me? And they they hit me at her spot. Pick me up. Can you can you explain what happened? Well, I had um, female emotional bullshit first to begin with. Straight up, that's why a lot of these cats need to learn out there, man. A lot of you youngsters out there in TV land, man, need to really learn, man. It's a differential between a bitch and a woman. I don't know if your daddy, if you got one, your stepdaddy, if you got one of them, your brother, your uncle, somebody. If they ain't there, you what Big Cap tell you right now, homies, and the females out there. It's a separation, two different life categories between a bitch and a woman, a nigga and a man. And that go for any fucking race or culture. Any race or culture. This ain't no black thing. This ain't no black, white. Any culture. It's a difference between a bitch and a woman and a nigga and a man. Bitches can't do what women do. And niggas don't do what men do. They can't. It's impossible. Because if they did, we wouldn't have dead, beat fucking daddies, sperm donors, baby daddies. We wouldn't have no, we, That category wouldn't exist. Baby mamas, none of that. Yeah. So it's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So... With that with that being said, it takes us into, you know, people not understanding collectively how to separate when it comes to certain categories of things. You follow me? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you answered my question, but <laughs> so from 17 to what? Let's say twenty six?
1: For it's time for man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. No, well, I I've been four years here. Okay. Three here. Four here again. Oh, okay. Two here, two and a half. It's Collectively, all together, for us being in a system, a dove. Okay. A dove. But like okay. I said, by the grace of God, and me, me being, jumping into. Just, just I just want to say this real fast. Put that out there. A lot of us cats coming up out the seventies and the eighties. One thing about us coming out of the streets of Los Angeles and, and, and our gang culture, what we learned primarily in a system. Was we learn how to battle the motherfuckers back. Mm. That's why a lot of, see this internet shit, I have people fucked all up because they don't know what plea bargain mean. They don't know what plea not mean. The internet got pleading and the snitching. No, that's a motherfucker who committed a crime and they're taking their own responsibility and their own accountability, man, and their own hands. You can fucking do that as a human, jackasses. <laughs> yeah. Snitching is there. yeah, your honor, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the fucking truth. It was Spliff. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Who was Spliff right there with the polo and all that? Yeah. That's telling, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So who was in the car with you? Oh, shit. Ain't nobody in the room but me and you. But shit, man, you know uh, shit, man. Ace was driving. I was, I was just in the back seat. Nigga, you just put Ace in the crime. Ace ain't even in the interrogation room. That's telling, man. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So cats, they had this shit all so fucked up. So a lot of us in our era, the reason why we ended up doing a lot of time and time span like that, because dudes pleaded out. They took deals. That's so why you got, got cats laid down for 20 years, 15, 10, because it was best at their best interest. Or not, it was life, 30, 45, ain't no get back, mm. which is being smart. So what we did, a lot of us, we start sitting them sales. And we flipped the game, and we went and learned the paralegal game. Mm. We became pro-perbs. So my second 40 to life where I had all them cases and charges, I became pro-perb with the sisters of two attorneys I hired out of Pasadena. One of them I made do, do all the research. He did all my research and running. Then my other one was my actual attorney. Be able better speak the lingo in court. So me and him did the battling. And I got a court. They transferred me from CCB. I'm facing 40 to life. They transferred me from CCB to Van Nuys Court. Now, mind you, these is two hitter courts at this time of era. Got major, major reputation for giving niggas thousands of years like myself. Niggas like me, oh, you gone, you out of here. Ain't no question. You going to trial? And you you know who you. It ain't for the book you. Are. That's what they want to do. Yeah. And so I went all the way 12 in the box, fighting these big charges, and got acquittal except so one count. My other count. I got a, um, a hung jury in it, eight three. So what they came back with me and told me, asked me time served because you was already in the county for down in nine months fighting it. I did the time serve? I got out. They gave me two years probation. Walked that probation off, paid the fines. It was a wrap. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was my 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 last actual run in with the system in '97 as far as going in doing time or having any hard harsher cases. But unfortunately, uh the devil put me in a situation again in 2019 and I called assaulting the Burbank police.
0: Yeah. Hold on, I want I wanna I don't want to move too fast past this. Cause this is this is always my question, right? Some of the most brilliant dudes, intelligent, smart dudes, is all locked in that box. You know what I'm saying? And my thing is why is it that most of the dudes when they get in jail, they get smart. And when they out on the streets, they just result back to, you know what I'm saying, what they've been doing instead of taking what you learn while you down in the box, take that and bring that to the streets, and that way your life is in a better place. Why you think it don't transfer out when they get, when they get out on the streets?
1: That's a good question, D. Reason being is a good percentage of them do, you just don't hear about it or see it. Mm. But they do to answer that question. Then a lot of them backslide because it's so easy to backslide when I've been – first of all, they took me out of this element to put me in this lifestyle element over here that I I had no knowledge of, but now that I do. So when they come over into this system, a lot of cats don't come in the system and take advantage of it. It used to be a time because the system had money. You can walk out this system as a scholar, asshole. Meaning you got degrees. Fuck a GED. You got a fucking high school diploma. You literally went to high school, got the high school, took the high school equivalent test, passed. You got a high school diploma. You walked across stage. You, it's, they got programs in here. But cats didn't take advantage of them. Mm. They was too deep into the bang aspect of things. Fuck a education. And they was caught up into. Some, some way deeper than beyond it that, that brought us all the way into the day, which is, was a, a control mechanism. It was something that controlled our mind, our body, our frequency, our smell, our thought system, everything that had to do with all that. I just learned this shit recently in my life, and this shit controlled me as Bonnie Hunter BJ. So this is how deep this shit goes. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. So when a lot of them get out, That's just why they backslide, because it's easier for them to return to their natural habitat. I don't know nothing else, and I'm scared to leap forward and take a chance. Then you got the dudes who went and got the education, said shit, got out put on a suit for the first time of his life, looked at him and said, oh, I do look different. Get a briefcase, and he go forward, because those are the guys who take the chances. And last but not least, answer the question as to why do they go to gym, get smart? Well, It's simple. They came from a broken home, most, the majority of them, best, came from broken homes. drug Drugs, um, pill popping, drug addict mamas, because we're talking about the crack epidemic era. Mm-hmm. So you got crack mixed with gangs. Come on, man. It's like, it's, it's a no way out choice here. You got crack epidemic mixed with the gang culture. These are our choices. So now. Third choice, last but not least, which is the most foremost choice over both of them fuckers, is to go to school and become educated. Because that's your, this here is the most power you need in life. It's powerful than any gun, any born out, any weapon is this. Because it's so many casters got this to sit back and push buttons and kill Bill like the niggas in the streets that pull triggers and don't even realize it. That's power. Mm-hmm. We going through that shit right now globally. If you don't believe it, yeah, it's simple. Yeah. You know, when people want to talk about, oh, the government, this maybe, yeah. He, he don't come down and stand in your front yard and shoot you with a gun. Right. It's here. Yeah. So and then you creepy. do it for him. Mm-hmm. You feel know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, we can we go on with in that aspect with that. So, But that's what really makes a lot of cats go to jail and gravitate to becoming educators. In educating themselves and then the influence from other big homies and then like uh, uh, OG homies is probably you know clicked into the family aspect the organization which is a family in there and so you know dudes are influential than the Muslims so you know at some point somebody may get in your ear and then you start reading or you gotta sell it how you gonna read your mail when they get tired of reading your mail for you? Tell you, homie, you gonna, come on, man. Let me see you how to read your mail. Mm. That shit didn't happen numerous of times for cats. Didn't know I read mail, and nigga, because I used to do it. I used to write newsletters. Of course, hire, render my service. i will write your letter, feel me? But I ain't doing it for free because I used to write letters for niggas. And then it's like, but homie, how you think your chick gonna feel when she read this letter, she talking to me, nigga. Right. <laughs> right, I'm talking that suave shit to her, nigga. She, she know I'm in that nasty shit. She gonna hold on. This he ain't no freak like this. She talking to me, and me, believe it or not, I done bust a lot of helpers. In prison, took niggas' bitches <laughs> like <to> made <them. laughs> They back know the nigga and find out the truth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, t- I said, ma, I try to tell you, they, they, they know you ain't lingo your lingo on your tongue. You can't even spell them words. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, but yeah, so this is why a lot of them educate themselves. And then another reason, like I say, why we jumped into the law aspect of learning, self-learning yourself, was the laws, the technicalities, what the word terms mean, uh, penal codes, like, okay, um I come t- hit you, I, I got this lick. Shit, right, what what it do? I run it down to you, you like, cool, but now you sharp enough, and I'm sharp enough because we've been in these streets all our life, you go, shit, okay, so in your mind, you already rotating, just like me. Okay, that's the penal code, such, 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 oh, shit, right, we get caught up in. You think about that because it's consequences behind every action. Mm. So if you not man enough to understand that, you you really don't got no business in these streets and fucking around youngsters because there's consequences behind every accident. And if you think your subconscious mind doesn't tune into that, you're a fucking fool. You're a fucking fool, and I'm explaining why. You know how when you're going to do some bad and this some shit kind of tell you, nah, I man, and then you end up telling your boy, man, hey, homie, I, I, I'm a pass. That seven senses, the, the brain is broken to 14 senses. You got seven negative, seven positive, bro. One overrules the other. They can't impovernate together, only one overrules the other. That's why you have good, you have bad. One of the falling categories that falls under the seven senses is anger. Mm. Feel me? Yeah. Jealousy, envy. These are all senses. Then you got the six positive happy, feel me? Smiling, jittery, energetic. So these things, one, over empowers, can't impoverinate at the same time. So when that sense kicks in, this is what tells you to stand down. You're you going about your business. And that, that's the sense where we say, God, God, did you damn right it was the spirit, because that's what it is. Yeah. So when, when, when we decided to go into these these setups as far as jail, a lot of us start learning the system. Oh, say, so, okay, this, this crime hold 10 years pleaded it out. I can go knock down 10, and half of that is going to be five. We didn't jutted this shit down like a science. So that's why dudes was able to go in the system, out the system, because we detected this shit like science. Mm, okay. then a lot of cats pleaded out because of the circumstances. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, so at what point did you – um? What, what point you start uh, uh, messing with Suge and Death Row and getting involved
1: in that? Um, My introduction to Simon came, came about. Why you call him Simon? That's his name. That's his nickname. That's his moniker. Simon? A.K. Simon. It's Simon Said. That's what they used to call it. it was <laughs> Team Death Row Card. That was the name he was really? giving it to himself. Yeah, because all the niggas did what he said. Simon mm. Said. Simon said, nigga. Simon say dude. Simon said, Simon. You oh, me? Okay. and me? Oh, okay. And it fit the nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, my, my introduction to him wasn't a nice introduction. I didn't come in the game with Simon as a partner, a buddy at first, or, a, or one of the homies. You know what I'm saying? Again, like I said, I'm from Watts, and that whole clan was built on the structure of the east side of Compton, which was Rules. Originally, Lutus Park Rules because that's the umbrella, that's the foundation. Anytime I speak Rules I'll never my nothing will never come out of my mouth without speaking on the foundation and the real true umbrella of that shit because a lot of these youngsters out here, they got this shit Mr. School and they got Pyru, Mr. School, period. Pyru, that like that hat you got on, right? That's that's they color. That's standard as they color today. But in our day we wore this that right here? Yeah. That burgundy had oh, that okay. pink. In our days we wore burgundy. We wore that was our color just blood, period. We wore burgundy, gray, you know what I mean? Grey, uh, pre my like yellow gold like we wore those colors so it wasn't no separation when it came to the paru aspect even though the Parus is one of the original blood gangs the founders original blood gangs in our city you know what I'm saying mm. and so that's now today because of the transitions and the wars that the younger generation to have it became a separation from the bloods so that's why you hear a lot of niggas talking my oh Parus ain't bloods just the fuck they are Mm. I'm here to tell you niggas This across the globe You niggas Ain't no separation You niggas ain't no Talking about we ain't bloods Yes you is niggas Feel me You are our bloods If you gonna claim this damu shit nigga You talking about the fucking P You a blood nigga Feel me saying so, And that's because The separation The dynamics again The controlling mechanism That I was telling you earlier This is why I was gonna introduce you To the big homie H Man you know what I'm saying me? About some real strong Powerful shit When we get through with this Man give you okay. a little wind Some shit yeah. So but and they don't understand what, what's being controlled and what how they're being controlled. They just think it's a new hood thing. You no, know, this ain't no new hood shit. This is all pre-designed, man, to tear our fucking ass down like everything else, man. And we don't even realize it. Then why are we out here still even calling, talking about some gangs and gang banging? Bloods on blood, murdering. Now they got to bloods, murdering, bloods, and hate bloods. We always knew in the beginning, Crips, hate certain Crip hat sets, but it wasn't the whole Los Angeles the Crips didn't hate Crips. It was a lot of Crips got along together in the 70s and 80s. They was allies. It was only certain Crip sets. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't no 80% like today. Back then, it was bestly probably 10%. And there was only two really main big rival gangs, and they was Two of the main big Crip gangs in our hood, in 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 our sixties and eight trades, right? Sixties and eight trades, yeah. man. Or between the Hoovers and then East Coast, like East Coast is the Hoovers, eight trades, sixties. You know what I mean? When you talking about big vicious sets, sets that had a reputation, sets that was volatile in them days. Them was the gang. Them, them was the gangs right there, man. Mm. You know what I mean? The Harlems. You know what I mean? West Side, and then other shit trinkled down behind them over the years. But when we talking about in the beginning. These was the sets, bruh. And then we come from Bloods on the other side. That's us, Bonnie Hunters, Atlas Parks, of course, the Blackstones, the Jungles, the 20s, Six Deuce Brams, Harbor Park Boys. I mean, the list goes on. It was niggas. Eastside Lutus Parks, LPP, Fruit Town, Paru's. Before there was the mob, all that fell under Lutus Park. When everybody go to jail, just to show y'all again, y'alls out there, another squeeze of education. When you go to jail, you a paru, right? You say, "Well, I'm Lane Street Paru, or I'm Elm Street paroo, or I'm Four Line Bonnie Hunter, or I'm Deuce Line Ace Line." Uh, soon your ass go to fucking jail, nigga. I'm Bonnie Hunter. I'm paroo. Ain't no you. You break that shit. It's down to one element. Cause that's what it is. Mm. So you see how the separation came about in society? So this shit is all watered down. It's all fucked up. So why are we in 2021 going into 2022? We still even on this goddamn level of gangbanger. Fuck some gangbanger. Fuck that shit. What about the resolutions? The resolvements of the shit. You young niggas trying to mimic what we already done 50, 60 years ago. Man, we done it already. It's gone. It's done. You're never going to do it like we did it. This is why it's worse because you're trying to compare. There is no comparison, man. People died then. That shit ain't glorified. I didn't even glorify that shit. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you were saying that that uh, Death Row was structured by the Pyrus, the Compton uh, Bloods, right?
1: Right, right. So, so t- taking myself into that element, and answering your question of what brought me in, is like I say, uh, one of the homies, at the t- one of the cats at the time from the mob got the, the present opportunity to be placed in position when it came down to the security aspect of putting security over him and Harvard Harvard security over Simon Ak Suge. Mm-hmm. So Suge now, for the first time of his life, he's always known because he lived in that area in mob. He grew up there. He, it ain't no secret. It ain't like he come from San Fernando Valley somewhere and and he never lived in the mob. Actually, The nigga really lived in the mob, but he wasn't again gang banger or even a gang member. You just Suge living in the hood. Everybody we know you. So he lived in the hood. I want
0: to ask you something about that. Cause I've been I just sit back and just watch everything, right? And so I've been looking at a bunch of different parallels between Suge and 6ix9ine, right? Suge ain't a gang banger, ain't a gang member, right? 6ix9ine wasn't a gang member or gang banger, right? But he started popping in the in the music industry, and then he brought gang bangers around him, right?
1: What, Go. To cut you off real fast, reiterate on that. See, that's misconstrued information. Okay. 69 didn't bring gang bangers into the music. The gang bangers brought his pussy ass into the music. He was already into the music. It all coincide together. That's why I made a documentary film called Hip Hop Versus Gangs. Which is the most influential? Who has the most powerful? Now today both of them coincide. But go ahead. So explain that
0: because to, to I guess for the outside looking in it looked like 6ix9ine was already doing
1: music but his shit wasn't popping. My point. And see, then. It coincide. Yeah. I'm the artist. I'm no fucking body. I'm a Mexican. I ain't yeah. nobody. Who's gonna believe me I'm a Mexican and I'm rapping? Oh, shit. The blood's attached me to them. I get clout. I become a blood. I'm blood. I'm untouchable. Character built. Bloods. Money. We got a bag. You feel me? You see the coincide? Yeah. So it coincides. So this is why you got all these fucking weirdos. He ain't the only weirdo. It's a bunch of these weirdos out here. Coincide with niggas. That's why they coincide. And the real ain't the real no more.
0: Yeah. And so I always hear people always... Um, on the internet, saying that if it was back in their time or when they was doing it, that they wouldn't have they would they would have took the bag from the person who was the lead person. And I'm like, I'm like, hold up! When Suge was was doing it, when he was the music industry, he brought bloods around him. Nobody wasn't saying nothing about you know, oh they would have took the bag from Suge or they would have what they would have did to Suge. And I'm like, because there's it, no, it, it,
1: that that that's not a comparison.
0: How so? Why not? Because everybody, everybody's saying right now, if if it was them, they wouldn't have let six nine dictate no gang bangs, no street shit. Yeah, you know but, what I'm saying? Uh,
1: again, man, this this is this is the in, internet, digital data systems, opinions. They entitled to it. Nigga, you you can sit in your mama house all day and be the richest nigga. Who know? Mm-hmm. You on a computer on internet. Don't nobody know you broke as a motherfucker, but you. And everybody else around you know you broke, but we don't know this. So you can speak that way. Feel me? And that's what we be having. That's oh, if I did, you wouldn't have did shit. It's like that's why I tell them, I say, nigga, listen, first of all, I'm one, one of the individuals come on in this internet for real, for real, homie. Out of the Nixon Garden, my nigga, that really smashed on this nigga and did what we did. And I end up building a bond with him, a relationship. From, from my smashing, I should end up going into a business relationship as business partners. So I went on to make more money, make over a motherfucking million two dollars fucking with the nigga because I was that smart. Other niggas couldn't do that. So they became robots. They became the puppets, the pivots, the pawns on his chessboard. Nigga, I already had my own chessboard when I came into it. So let me move it along how, how this developed. Again, like I say, one particular individual got placed in position and he got the opportunity to secure the nigga. So with security, what better way to secure them? I'm bringing my homies in. Feel me? And he bring other niggas in. So he go get at the homies from Ru, bring them in. Once he bring them in, now Simon got an umbrella behind him that he didn't have ever in his life. Mm. Now we walking down the street somewhere, and you got cats with like double OG right here. And other double OGs is real massive niggas with real names walking down the street with you. You like parting the Red Sea like Jesus did. And, and niggas is moving out the way. Oh, sure, should, should, But they really going, oh shit, the Pra Rules. Oh, bunch of, yeah, oh, Big Ace. Oh, such such. Oh, they move. So he pardoned shit. Then not to mention you got niggas from the West Side, from the jungles like Stone Stone the General, you know, other homies from the J's is double OGs out of second generation like us. So he got he he built a I'm talking about a, a forceful bond behind him, right? It was mm-hmm. unstoppable in some senses. Now, with him doing that, where the breakdown came in was the homie that he put in position to do everything, nobody was smart enough and tempted enough to say, hold on, first of all, if we're going to be fucking with this nigga on this level, dog need to be involved off top, which is China dog. Which oh, Okay. Is the, you can't speak pirate without even talking about China Dog, nigga. You, that's, that's like speaking West Side pirate. You can't speak West Side You're talking about King Babalu or, or fucking Big Putin, Putin Tang man, or Terry Carter, Chin, big. You know what I'm saying? Chip. You can't speak these without these dudes' names. You know what I'm saying? So, so now you 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 you, you take that and you 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 mix this formula. You had these guys together, but nobody's smart enough. To tell this nigga, hold on, homie, you fucking up. So that's taking us back to the 69 theory, right? Mm-hmm. He's, in a sense, now no different than his position than he is because both of them are, he became a major mogul in the business and he became a major artist, known artist, right? Mm-hmm. But you're buck ass wild and nobody is in your ear to tell you, hey, fat boy, hold on, nigga. If you go to jail, I don't get no more checks. I don't eat. I can't feed my family. And I'm going to tell you his prime truth, because when he started going to jail, nigga, he would make niggas turn eight. And this had to be the starriest shit in the world. Nigga, ain't no nigga going to tell me, turn my car in, bring your car back to the office, or bring it up to the lot, nigga, until I get out. Well, nigga, fuck you. Fuck you talking about. So my introduction to him in the game, man, came about. I got summons to a meeting. And in that meeting, you know, I was told, do I know this nigga? I said, no, I heard of him. But. As for as the street wise, nah, that nigga ain't, he ain't in the streets like that. As for as I know, I know for a fact he ain't in the streets, nigga, because I would know of him, or I've been fucked with him already. Right, because I fucks with first and second and third generation, which is the last of the parous, and I don't know that nigga like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So if you was calling me and you was asking me about such and such, oh yeah, that's the homie, and I know he asked him, I know he with the shit. Yeah, I can vouch. No, I don't know that. So so in the meeting, it. Raise my eye hey, Say, man, hey, nigga, we don't tap it in, man. If you ain't tuned in to tap in, man, push that like, share button, man. Uncle over there, sleep, little motherfucker on his man. He nodded out, tired as a bitch, man. <laughs> so, yeah, man, push that like, share button, man. Tap in, man. Go tell a friend we don't tap in, man. So, yeah, man, Um, I um was summons to the meeting, and in the meeting, it, my attention was brought to me about do I know him? Like I say, no, nah, I don't know, know, know him personally. I know of him, and at this time, during this time, um, this was the era after Mixed Master Spade and you know the um, world class record core all them. I had an experience vibe with them in the early late eighties, right? Mm. So I'm really not in the music scene. I'm on my gorilla type shit. I'm on my gangster storey to storey type shit, right? So I ain't tripping on no music shit. You know me and my niggas. I'm showing niggas how to really go get the ba- as they call them the bags. We going to get it, get it early. All that shit y'all doing early, I've been done it. The jury, the cars, all that shit, right? So, man, I said, all right, with shit. We put the squeeze down, because how it's gonna be? We get at him. So basically, me and two of my me and my partner, one of my homies, rest in peace, man. My dearest good friend, childhood friend, and the homie, straight gang member, gang banger, general in the gang, aka Rat Doll, rest in peace. We end up putting the plan together, man, and me and the homie, you know Sammy, and then uh, the little homie, which is little relative, AK Top, Top Dog, T D E C O T D E, Top Dog. Yeah, man. Really? It's, it's my family. Oh shit. Okay. And my little brother was best, the best of friends, man. Yeah. Topped in, ate off my mama plates, slept in my mama house, all that, man. His grand, grand big hit man. That's, see, we all family. That's it, that's hitman cousin as well. That's his blood cousin. Mm. So it's all tied in. We family. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we we squeezed a nigga, took a nigga, took a half a million from the nigga, man. But my half a million wasn't took based on no um, we just got the money and that was it. We ran and we no, we end up getting a half a meal, get a production deal together, put a production deal together, where I end up signing my first rap group, my first R&B group in the game. My first group period in the game was an R&B group called Swang, and then we were signed to Death Row. So mm-hmm. this how I went on to conduct business with him. Like I was saying, because now my group was actually signed to him, and if, if had not, my my team and other little discretions had took place for us. us sidebar is what kind of like pulled us away on finishing that 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 that, that mission against Swang all the way on. With Death Row We did knock Jody c ass out the water That's how vicious my group was We have blew their ass out the water man I don't take nothing from Casey and them But I had some real prominent talented young dudes Up off of Jefferson man Off the west side man That I had went and recruited mm. You know what I mean And so uh, that was our way in the dough So that's how we got the half a million Through our production deal And so uh, from there like I say He came to my neighborhood Just went backing up Like I say summons from the from the meeting now, I'm on a mission. Okay, now, I need to meet this nigga. He need to know who the fuck I am. And that was the mission. So, when we ran into each other, it wasn't good when I ran into him. Because now, you know, of course, lights, camera, action, is on. And so, nigga put the move down. And we ended up with our deal. And the rest was history. So, in the process of that, he grown from the beginning. He was, he was real inferior to me and Rat Dog from the very beginning. But dynamically me because my threat was different. He was like, man, this nigga is, is smart. He not just only a beast, but he's smart with his shit. Mm-hmm. And he knew I could combine to what he was doing as well because that's what the fuck he was doing to my homies. You mm-hmm. ain't really no beast, nigga. You humble as a motherfucker, but you're sharp. You Jew boy sharp, nigga. And that's what I learned from. So me, unlike a lot of the homies, when I became his partner, I studied the nigga like I do anything else. I studied Simon to a fucker T. Because, nigga, if you try to kill me or you coming after me, I'm going to know it's coming. And I swear on my life, boy, if I don't get to you first. So I studied this nigga. I took nothing for granted from him. I didn't say, oh, yeah, I got a half a million. And fuck that nigga. Yeah, No, I, I took nothing granted. I, did, I took everything. I went to shit for granted because I studied him, my nigga. And in the end, he knew. He couldn't do shit but bow down and respect me because he say, I couldn't never buy this nigga off like I did everybody else. All the rest of these niggas, they became vulnerable to me because they was easy to manipulate. You ain't never had a goddamn Ferrari and sit in a Ferrari. All you gotta do is put you in a Ferrari and put, put a fucking piece of ass in front of you. You're gonna go crazy. He couldn't do me like that because I could do that shit for myself. Yeah. So he seen that. And again, like I was telling, certain cats are compatible together in these streets because... They had the same wish. They had the same likes, the same vision, every same everything. So they become competitive. and that's how we work. So we end up growing into each other, and we end up being in a bond of twenty some years, man, of getting down and fucking with each other until he went to prison.
0: Yeah, and I seen on um, online that y'all was doing some kind of reality show too.
1: Would have been the biggest. I'm talking about the biggest, heaviest fucking. Where well, nothing would have touched that show, bro. And We got four. We have a four. If I'm not mistaken, two seasons. I know we have a full season in the camp because I did all the first production and producing on the first shows. I did it. So you got all the footage? I, unfortunately, I, I didn't do the mastering as far as directing. Uh, that was okay. the director, David. I was just one of the – and Simon called me. And that's how I got involved. Man, I need you in on this, man. What, nigga? Uh, I finna do my new reality show called uh, – uh, unfinished business, Black Bar Records. I'm starting this new company called Black Bar Records. I want to bring you in as the manager of the company, running the whole company. So that's why I became the manager of the company. You know what I mean? Mm. Nigga put me on a cap salary, you know what I'm saying, quarter mil salary, the whole night. Paid me good. I was the star of the show, one of the lead producers. So all the footage you've seen down in the neighborhoods, besides the last of Compton, when he was with his daughter from Missy A and them, that was in Compton. But everything else in L.A., South Central, I took the crews down. I took them because... Simon wasn't welcome at the time. You know, L.A. wasn't fucking with him like that. So a lot of these hoods, Crips, Cuz, everything. Because, oh, Big Cap, what's up, Cap? And man, Sue, can't come down here, though, Cuz blood. Fuck that nigga, Cuz blood. <laughs> you know what, yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, the nigga yeah. was like on his head. So I took all the crews down there and everything. You know what I mean? Mm. Rogers Park, NHP hood, Inglewood family hood. I, I did all that shit, man. And I know all the little homies. grew all the homies down there. You know what I'm saying? Me, Rod Doll, I took him down there me Mm, yeah so but we had that that show would have been very very decent man and powerful and unfortunately um what had happened was (laughs) on that show as we got put on the back burner because simon ended up getting into it with fox with the executives at fox and they shut shit down on us took uh um took the last of the uh production budgets from us and shut everything down as for us they're going forward because we already had a whole network deal set up everything to move forward with the show, to release it, because it we released under Fox. They exempt a deal on Simon. He ended up getting into it with his ex. So they just shut everything down. For us, the masters of everything, the masters of treasures, of course, Fox got them And then David has him for us, the a director. Mm. So that was the only two people who had access to him. So my, my role in, now in the last five, six years, I've been on a journey trying to obtain and get the rights to those masters somehow, or set a situation up where I can get that release done. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the people, that, if that show was to air today, it would become one of the most powerful reality shows still right now today because of everything that was done, all the footage, the footwork, the groundwork we put in, uh, the whole entire cast. the shit, A lot of the stuff, we only went in certain production mornings where I would sit down with the other producers and writers and, and they would ask me, well, "What do you think, Nino, on this and this?" And and then I would consult with him, and we would kind of, you know, critique certain little scripted and shit and all the rest. I said, "Just every, he want everything authentic." This is what he told me when he asked me his request to sit in here and do this. He said he want authentic, and I know how to give authentic. So this is how it's gonna be. Let people be them, and let's move on it. Keep the f- joy. Keep them cameras rolling. I'm telling camera, keep them fucking cameras rolling, and that's how we did it. Yeah. So the fight scenes, all and when that shit, yeah. it was between me and him. Manipulate. See if you notice, it was broken into two teams. I had all the males. So he had the females.
0: Online, it's only like clips, so you don't right. get to see the. And remember, when yeah. I
1: said when I said, "Motherfucker, I ain't the one who to told you, motherfucker, you did." Yeah. I'm manipulating that fight, me and Simon, because I'm telling my boy, "Fuck that Russian, fuck Simon, fuck you, sure. Russian." And that's how they end up fighting. <laughs> and he back that laugh with the cigar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, it was teams. What it was was you're AR, you're a producer, you're a manager. Whatever your field was when you came in and got cast, now you got to go into these hard neighborhoods and recruit these this talent. Mm. That's why you seen the kid jump out, uh, uh, the little fat cat off of America Idol with the glasses on. Say, hey, I'm such and such. He in the Nixon Garden. That's why I swip, took him to my hood. Uh, and that's my little homeboy, little new-new. Oh, okay. Squad. That's my little homeboy that's getting it. That. That's all authentic shit. I put all that together.
0: <laughs> all that shit. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, man, it, it would have been a powerful piece, man. So, moving along, that, that's, that that became my introduction to Simon, how I got in the game. I ended up squeezing for a half a million. Got on. Got a got a group signed at death row. Uh, at that time, that's when my little homie's OFTB and them was signed over there. Uh, little relatives, little wild, and them big wild, young, little stretch, and all them was signed as well. So um, that was a great experience during that time. Then I moved on in the film, put myself in the film school, and I just took off in a whole different level, man, different lane, man, from that aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah. You Are you um you planning on doing any other, like, films and TV and man, all this?
1: Listen, man, because, because of my, my babies, I t- 2004, a, a film ended up, I did a movie, 2004, and the film was released 2004, 2006, and it became one of the most biggest gross DVDs on the airway from HBO, BT, you know what I mean? All the major networks at that time, which was a film called Young Caesar. Code Black owned the film. Now they end up owning the film, but this is original film, and I've never told this story on the air. It's a story that I'm gonna tell on my podcast show, but I'm gonna give a piece to my boy Tap In Man, Dante Man, but. I um I say the day of Scarface one time, man. You did what? I I used to fuck with face. I had face for like seven years. We was business partners as well for like several, eight years. From the ghetto boys. Yeah, Face. Scarface, yeah. brother Joy. That's my nigga. Shout out to Face, man. Okay. For show sure, for show. Sure. Southwest Houston, Texas, man, my yeah. nigga. Feel me? So Face came to LA to produce a, a film, executive producer film. With his homeboy writer by the name of Homer the Third, shout out to Homer man, Homer the Third, who wrote our original movie, and these cats didn't get their credit. So this is why I'm telling you this, man. So Face the movie was originally Faces, but somehow Face let these niggas end up jacking him, and they end up with the movie because they did some squinting and shit behind his back and backdoor through Def Jam, because Def Jam put up the the budget for the money, because you know Face was connected and signed mm. to Def Jam at the mm. time. This when ludicrous deal was going on, so. I, start, I co-started this film. I ended up becoming super, the music supervisor on the film, me and Chino XL, because I put Chino in, became the music supervisor of the film, did 65 to 70% of the music on the film, from music score to my music in the film. And um, the film went on and grossed and did well, bro. But none of us won off the motherfucking film because these assholes sold the film to Cold Black and sold it just flat out for a, a, a buyout. Mm. Cold Black this when he was packing his stuff and he had the big distribution deal so of course he got another great piece of content and it went now, you can't be mad at Jeff clannigan yeah. Jeff was just doing hell this his business. Jeff don't know nothing about all the eyes and ends what went on originally mm-hmm. of the film. Of course, I'm sure they didn't fail him in with the details. Mm-hmm. Jeff Klanick is just doing what a real businessman would do. I would do the same shit. I'm coming to buy content. You say it's for sale? Here go. My offers are $25,000 a movie. That's what I offer anybody. I don't even give a fuck if you got Lawrence Fishburne in this motherfucker. Twenty five is gold. And that's what he was giving. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that shit. That blew my head back. Wait a minute. You sold this motherfucker it went. We went from a dollars just a little bitty shot of a million dollar budget film, to Jeff Clancy for twenty five thousand. Michael New Day, Jeff Bird. I can boot you motherfuckers in your ass, man. So Scarface called me and tell me, yeah, hey, man, he got. The. So that's when I went to work. I'm going to get the masters. I got the masters right now today, but they gave me a dummy masters, a backup masters. They sold the film.
0: Damn.
1: So we ended up losing out on the film. So all the actors on there like from Sean Blake Moore to Dominique Daniels, myself Chino Excel, uh Effin Crockett, which is his his big brother was the director. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um we lost out on royalties or or back pay royalties of the film grossing because nobody was connected to the film like that because they sold the film on a buyout. Damn. You know
0: I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of the movie? Do you remember Young Caesar it's, you Young
1: Caesar? It. Young Caesar, bro. Young Caesar. Yes. Yeah, we'll look that up, man. Yes, Young Caesar, man. Young and it, Caesar. It was a good, strong film, you know what I mean? Powerful film. And so that really set me over the top as far as the dynamics of my film career. You know, I did I had did just I had just did Billboard with Dr. Dre for like six or seven weeks. Me and Pac just got signed on the Death Row films. So, me and Tupac was going to be the first actors in Death Row film. So, Dre was in the mix putting a big script together, a big film together based on that, some gangster shit. So, I was excited, bro. You know, things was happening. And then, all of a sudden, Dre, the Dre shit happened. Dre left Death Row. You know what I mean? So, just shit just fumbled. And then, on this time, I ended up with twins. My twins was born. And a couple years later, I became a full-fledged, full-time single father. And when I mean single, single with two babies, with twins, that I had to raise by myself and stay in school, pursue my careers, pursue my dreams, my visions, everything with two kids. And that's what I did. Yeah. So it took me out of my film equation for 10 years because I had now become a stay-home father because film had me all over the place. Like if my phone rang, tell me, hey, Nino, they want you such such, so I'm gone. I only got a packet bag. I leave. I buy some clothes out there. Fuck it. I'm gone. Cause that's it's I love this shit. It's a passion. Yeah. So I'm I'm with wherever I gotta be. And music was secondary to me. It's the same thing. It was the same way. So knowing that I could stay home and still do my music, this is when I became. I started building my label thirteen years ago. Me and little bro Bun B. When B became my business partner slash little bro. Again, say the day on him as well. You know what I'm saying, me? It's how I came in the game of him, you know what I mean? I say the situation, you feel me? A robbery was finna go down. It wasn't so much that he was targeted in the robbery, but Snoop Dogg and Mike Jones was. What happened? Oh, you know. That's L.A. dude, man, being L.A. niggas. Wicked them young niggas, Crips and Bloods over there in the west side. B. and G's. them niggas was finna go in there and cave them niggas in. When well, Mike Jones had that hot song out called Mike Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Who? Mike Jones. <laughs> I'm in the video, all that. So, yeah, man, I had to say today, man. Chino called me, man. Hysterical, go crazy. Mother- Cap, you got to get here, son. Where you at, son? Son, I'm on my way to a fucking audition, man. Oh, Cap, man. They they, they everywhere, man. Oh, God damn, man. So, send see me there for man. Give me a minute. I'll I call you right back. Call in, man. Tell him, can I delay for a couple of hours because I just called a flat. I basically lied to them people for my audition. Uh-huh. I didn't get the job, though, so it's cool. I can say it now. But if I would have got that job, you wouldn't even hear this story. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I didn't get the job because I ended up not going. I want to say the day. Mm. Feel me? And so, yeah, when I got there, man, I pulled up, pushed up in there, man. Sure shit, nigga. They they was coming in on the church because they had the church set up for um productions and everything. So, man, them young niggas was coming in on them and I pulled in and shut everything down. You know what I mean? It wasn't so much that I came in and shut it down like like I was Superman. I mean, even though I was on that level, I was I came in like that, but still, I already knew the players. I knew exactly what to do. I went to work. I did what they couldn't do. I pulled in the shot young shot callers. That's the little homie. Bird, bird, what's up? Nigga, what's up? Cap, oh. See the homie over a little young crip, for five deuces. No, Put them in. Look, this is what we're going to do, homie. Get five of your guys. Get five of y'all, bird. Stay right here. I went straight in there. Who the petty, cat holds, who the petty cash holder? And who's the producer? Who's the director? That's how I build a relationship with Dr. T. Shout out to T, man. I'm right here in your home for man. Houston, Texas. Dr. T, man, the director, producer. One of my partners, too, as well, man. So soon as T walked up, T said, give him whatever he need. Whatever he say, whatever he, give it to him. I said, I need the petty cash holder and the producer. Sidebar them. I said, look, man, we're going to hire a few of these cats, man. This is what the problem was. Who got clearance when y'all came down here? Where was they at? Where was they? They in Blood and Crip Hood. Mm. So I said, look, man, I said, look. Snoop Dogg is an artist and a brand. Snoop don't run the streets. Snoop can't control these neighborhoods when Snoop come around. So if that's what y'all thought, bro, y'all got the wrong discretion. Y'all got Snoop on the song as a feature, but Snoop got problems here at home, at home in the streets of Los Angeles with niggas. Mm. And L.A. is a whole different ball game, man. I ain't even give a fuck about all that shit. You got to really be one of them niggas for a nigga to even get a pass for niggas. to say, all right, niggas be cool on a nigga, or niggas don't want to deal with the consequences. And then you got some niggas don't give a fuck. They just deal with the consequences knowing it's going to be heat over there. But we want the heat because mm. that's L.A. From you know saying? And I was these one of them kind of situations. Nigga didn't give a fuck because it was Snoop Dogg. Well, that's what made it even better. Oh, we getting that nigga too then. Yeah. Bun, okay, he just finna be a victim. He just some old country nigga from the South happened to be here. Fuck him too. We getting him too. But it wasn't really about it. It was the Mike Jones and Snoop. It just happened, that Bun was on the song too, as a feature. You know what I mean? So once I got there, Chino introduced me, introduced us to him and his wife. His bodyguard, big truck buck shout out, the truck buck, the manager bone, you know what I mean, bonafide. I shook hands with all of them and immediately I told him right there, nigga, don't worry about nothing. I got y'all, homie. I got this. We good. And from here on, when you come to the West Coast, nigga, you good. And rest was history. So we got a 13-year in counting relationship built. We we've done business for 13 years. We built our label together, two Trial West Indian T, Two Trail West Records, uh, Trill Gladiator Entertainment, Double Dose Entertainment. Bonafide Management, and we all have branched out now and we're doing our own different entities as bosses. So you don't really see us all collectively together like we used to in the last four or five years because we were concentrating on Bun's last albums that he put out, which was I was a part of those albums on production as well, and a couple of the artists on my label, and after that, then I put out an album called SRM. Streets of Minds, which is on Apple Tunes, Apple iTunes, and Apple all digital uh floor match right now today. It's attached to King of Watts movie, the soundtrack.
0: Mm, okay. Man, you gotta have to send some artists up here, man. Send some artists to us. I was Get uh
1: I, was, me, I, man. I, I it's funny you say that because today I was supposed to have my my young artist with me that I just signed up out of uh Roshonda, Texas, right outside of Houston. Uh young Roshan, Roshan, Texas. Roshane, Roshan, Texas, uh young new five, man. But unfortunately some some Personal things came up, so he's not here with me today, but he was supposed to be here, man, definitely, man.
0: We locked in, so, you know what I mean? Seeing whoever, man, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. All they got to do is say, Big Cap sent me. You yes, know, what, yes, yes, you know what I'm saying? They good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Man, so um, what can people expect of you? What, what should people be looking out for next from Big Cap, man?
1: Oh, man, uh, definitely film, movies, off-top mm-hmm. movies. uh, I'm about to do Explosive Web series. Um, I really don't want to go into depths, but Texas, just know Texas, we got something for y'all too. We've we been behind the scene and I've been hollering my cats. Dante is kind of a uh, uh, memory clouded right now, but I kind of ran it by him on the phone. But yeah, we got some shit in store, man. I got I got a great big idea for Texas, man. Specifically Forth Worth, man, and Arlington and, and Dallas based on because the gang aspect and the gang culture that has been adapt. And and then shit trickling on down to cities like Houston, H-Town, of course, Atlanta. Just put it like this, man. It's going to be some of the biggest shit on TV. Yeah. That's all I can tell you, man. Yeah. But, yeah, man, i just be looking out for my movie, The Truth 2022. It's coming out, my movie, Truth. Shout out to my team, man. Uh, Dada, Dawu Shereos, a.k.a. Dada from Jordan Downs. A.K. Big Snipe Dog, man. Snipe, Dwayne Holmes, man, from the PJs. Myself, of course, we executive producer of the movie. Drew Backrack, which is the director slash executive producer. The rest of my producers, the team. My attorney, man. My Jew boy, attorney, man. Hey, where you at? All oh, three cameras. You already know how we do it, man. Yeah, shout out to my attorney, man. Yeah, yeah man. Team Cappuccino, man. We in the building, man. But if, Oh, and also, man. Go follow me, man. Go push that like, subscribe button, man. Rules of engagement, man. YouTube channel, rules of engagement, man. Push that like, share, subscribe button, man. Go tell a friend to tell a friend. And remember my motto, man. For the people, by the people, to the people. I am here to inspire before I expire. Legendary shit. Let me quote it for you again. Inspire before expire. Legendary shit, man. Rules of engagement. 2021. Live. Tap in with my man Dante. Fucking on the shores of Texas, man. Arlington that is, is, baby. We right here, man. Watts. We are taught to fucking survive.
0: And it's like that tap in podcast. Holla.